1: up as you read the Scriptures, and the Spirit will show you. He will guide you through them. Who can best provide the meaning of God's Word? Who inspired God's Word? All Scripture was inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inspired the, whole, the Scripture. so who better to lead you into the truth of the Scriptures than the Holy Spirit? The Christian who is in fellowship with God will read and understand what they have read by the power of the Holy Spirit.
0: Are you struggling to understand and interpret Scripture? In today's message from Pastor Dave, he urges you to ask the Lord through prayer to help you to better understand. God's Word says that those who desire to seek Him will find Him. God will empower you through His Holy Spirit to learn and understand His Word. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 John Chapter 2. As he continues his message, Let Truth Abide in You
1: eternal life doesn't begin when you pass away and enter the kingdom for some of you eternal life began over 40 years ago when you accepted jesus christ as your savior for those of you in the zero to five range that's when eternal life began when you accepted christ as your savior that's when eternal life began from that point on you will never die but john john Worried. God has got worryment. He's worried about us. He's worried that we might be seduced. He's worried that we might be deceived by the Antichrist who are around because they deny the deity of Jesus Christ. And there are those today, preachers who have been teaching God's word for a long time, who are even, yes, denying the cross. I've heard them. So John says, all right, I'm going to admonish you. Oh, he's going to admonish you? Now, don't get crazy with the word admonishment. It justly means he's going to give us a stern warning. He's going to give us a stern warning. Look at verse 26. These things I've written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. John doesn't want anyone to be deceived, nor do I want any of you to be deceived. It shouldn't come to any surprise to any of us that there are those in the world who would try to pull you away, seduce you with fancy words, and deceive you even right now. There were people who've come to this church with brand new ideas, with all flashy things, with powerful words, trying to seek and pull others away. It's happened before. It will continue to happen again until the Lord comes home. I have something that they've never been revealed to anybody but me by the Lord, and I want to share it with you. When Paul was writing to his beloved son, Timothy, in the faith, he wrote this in chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Nothing's changed. There's nothing new other than the sun, is there? These imposters come in and they offer you another gospel. They appeal to your itching ears. They appeal to our flesh, our old nature. Maybe we're lacking because some of the excitement that we had when we were first saved has waned and things just aren't exciting as they used to be. And I'm not sure why, because God hasn't changed. God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. But somehow we've, we've, we've gotten to the mundane and, and things seem to be going along. And I'm going to use the word plodding. But these people come in and they spot that in you. And they look for those who are disgruntled. They look for those who feel like they've been left out. They look for those who are upset. They look for those who may be overlooked or think they're overlooked. And they prey on you, P-R-E-Y. They prey on you. They seek you out. If you are young in the faith, if you're in that zero to five years, they'll prey on you also. He goes, how much could you know? Well, I got news for you. The day of salvation, you got everything you needed for life and godliness. These false teachers didn't even leave, They not only left the fellowship, they left the faith. But their targets now are you. Their targets now are the body of Christ. They want to come back, and they want to take you from that intimate knowledge of Jesus. They want to take you from that truth of the gospel, and they want to lead you and seduce you into another gospel. We need to guard ourselves. We need to protect ourselves. We need to abide in Christ. We need to abide in the gospel. Your greatest source of safety? Stay close to the word of God. Stay close to Jesus Christ. Never let yourself be separated from Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus left heaven to save you. He came down to earth to save you, left the throne of God, and all his beauty and all his glory to come to this place, earth, to save you and I. The world's broken, it's corrupt, it's disgusting, and Jesus leaves heaven for that. But according to the, to the false teacher, it was a tragic waste of time. Obviously, he may know the word of God, But he doesn't know the God of the word. To think that that's a waste of time. He doesn't know anything about God's love. John says, you know better because you have the truth in you. These false teachers will point to a false Jesus, a false way to salvation. So we as believers must be constantly on guard, constantly aware that these false teachers are coming in, and false teachers will be teaching you. And then John uses the word but. I love that. We always study that. But changes everything. And here he gives the confidence that we need to know to come against these false teachers. He's going to give us the confidence where we can stand against these false teachers one more time. He's going to use the exact same words he used last week. Verse 27, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as has taught you, you will abide in him. The anointing, we found out in John 2.20, was what? I was here last week. Thank you, Crystal. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> it was the Holy Spirit. The anointing means to abide. It means to remain. Jesus remains in us through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uses the word of God to teach us the truth. The Holy Spirit is the one who teaches us all truth. The Holy Spirit is our seal. He's our guarantee. He's our down payment. And he continually assures us that we are abiding in Christ. And when I get off kelter of abiding in Christ, it's the Holy Spirit who taps me on the shoulder and says, Hey, get back here. And he chastises me and convicts me. And it helps to repent and come back to God. That same Holy Spirit that lives in me lives in you. It's no wonder that Paul confirmed it when he wrote all this in Romans eight fourteen. What does it mean? And you not need anyone to teach you. Well, we're all going to get up and leave, Dave. We don't need you to teach us. Well, you don't. It means the true Christian can spot lying antichrists. We don't need another teacher because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, teaches us when we remain in Christ, when we remain in what Christ has already taught us, when we remain in the Holy Spirit. However, it does not negate the need for the office of teaching, the office of teacher, because Paul, writing to the Ephesian church, said these beautiful words in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. You probably know them because I keep repeating them. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So he didn't negate teachers and pastors and evangelists, but he said, you have the Holy Spirit in you. It means that the the teacher, whomever stands at a podium like this and has God's word before them and preaches God's word, must 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 be under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That must it mean? And the teacher must be submitting to the Holy Spirit to lead and guide the discussion through God's word. That's the teacher's job. But you also have a job. You also have a job, and your job through the Holy Spirit is to make sure that what is being said from this pulpit is true. How do you do that? I'm really glad you asked great that you asked me. In Acts 17, Paul is coming from Thessalonica, and he's talking to the Bereans. He's talking to the Bereans, and this is what he had to say to the Bereans in Acts 17.11. Talking about them, he says, these, the Bereans, were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. Now, I have to tell you that in Thessalonica, he wrote that they received the word of God as it was the true word of God. So he loved Thessalonica. He thought they were great. But now he's saying, but these Bereans are even better than the Thessalonians. Why? That they received the word with all readiness. Here it is. And search the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. So, as a teacher, anyone who stands at this podium and teaches the Word of God, we must submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. We must study to show ourselves approved and be able to present it in a good fashion. That's our job, submitting totally to the Holy Spirit. Your job is to receive it as it is the Word of God and then check to make sure what's being said is true. So you're not alone in this. You're not alone here. We all have a responsibility in this learning process because it's going to come a surprise to you, but probably not to my wife. I'm just a sinner. (laughs) I'm just a man, a fallible guy who can make mistakes. I don't want to. I choose not to. But they happen every now and then. I need an infallible Savior. I need an infallible God by his Holy Spirit to teach me, to teach me all things. So what's John saying in all this? He's saying that the the true follower of Jesus Christ can discern between right and wrong, can discern between true good and evil, can discern between the truth and the lie. You have that discernment by the Holy Spirit. The The Christian can discern the truth and reject what is false because of the indwelling of your Holy Spirit. follower of Jesus must allow the Spirit. Personally teach them God's Word. Ask the Spirit when you read God's Word, Lord, show me in your Word what you want me to know. And then open yourself up as you read the Scriptures, and the Spirit will show you. He will guide you through them. Who can best provide the meaning of God's Word? Who inspired God's Word? All Scripture was inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inspired the the Scripture. so who better to lead you into the truth of the Scriptures than the Holy Spirit? The Christian who is in fellowship with God will read and understand what they have read by the power of the Holy Spirit. Spirit will lead you. The Holy Spirit confirms these things that are necessary. It was the Holy Spirit confirming those things in you that day for some of you over 40 years ago when he quickened your heart and you accepted Jesus Christ. It was the Holy Spirit doing that in you. The same Holy Spirit can lead you through the scriptures and tell you what you need to know. doesn't mean that every believer will know and understand everything. It does mean that the Holy Spirit will provide aid in discernment between false and true teaching. The Holy Spirit's anointing is real, and it is powerful. One of the powerful ministries of the Holy Spirit is to teach the believers to abide in and to remain in the true gospel, and remain in Jesus Christ. You can find that in John 14 and John 15. We studied it. And Paul confirms it once again, and he agrees with John's view in Ephesians one thirteen and fourteen. Paul writes, quote, "In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory." Amen. So, abiding in the truth is extremely important to the believer. So we as believers need to remember that while we abide in the Son, Jesus Christ, we also abide in God the Father. This is the fellowship that is promised, but do not leave out someone else. Do not leave out another whom we also have fellowship with, the Holy Spirit. Do not leave the Holy Spirit out. Why? The Holy Spirit is a divine gift from God, the Father. It's His promise. Jesus called it the promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit is an indwelling gift. It resides in us by faith. The Holy Spirit is a permanent gift. He will be with us forever, according to what Jesus said. The Holy Spirit is a sufficient gift, meaning He can teach you all things regarding to Christ. He's a complete gift. He has all the attributes, all the characteristics of the Father and the Son. He is a reliable gift, for He always speaks the truth, and He's a practical gift. He's our comforter in time of need. He's our helper, our counselor, our inheritance, and He's our guarantee. I suggest to you that our troubles are not seeking more of the Holy Spirit, but allowing the Holy Spirit to have more of us. The Holy Spirit will never fail. He always will lead us in the paths of righteousness. We can always count on him to give us discernment when we need to determine what is true and what is false. We are connected to God by the Holy Spirit. He always witnesses Jesus to us. He always convicts us when we're wrong and when we come into sin. And he always leads the way back to the Father through Jesus Christ, the cross. Therefore, my beloved brethren, let that truth abide in you that you've heard on the beginning, abiding in the Son and in the Father, receiving the promise of eternal life. These are John's words, pure words, good words that we need to glean from them. So, maybe, just maybe, things have waned a little bit. Maybe you've just kind of... uh, Going through the motions and, you know, I I really wish I could be more excited about the Lord. And, you know, things just don't seem to be the same anymore. Well, could it be like the church of Ephesus? Could you have left your first love? Could you have left your first love? And that love relationship that you once had waned a little bit, not being as exciting as it used to be. Maybe... If that happens to you, I pray for you because you're in trouble. You're in danger of being seduced by one of these false teachers. You're in danger of hearing something that's going to tickle your ears and might draw you to them, away from Jesus Christ, and that bothers me and worries me as your pastor. It worries me greatly. Maybe you heard the righteous brother sing that, you lost that love and feeling, baby, and now it's gone, gone, gone. But there's a way back. There is a way back. And speaking to the Ephesian church, Paul's telling the Apostle John, by the way, to write these things. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Remember the great days of before. Remember the time when everything was new and so exciting and, oh, it was wonderful before all the problems got in the way and before that one made you angry and that one made you angry and you didn't like that or didn't like that. Remember those great days, the thrilling days of yesteryear? Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. What did you do first? What did you do first that day for some of you so long ago? What did you do? Tell me. We believed. We believed. By faith we accept it and we believed. We believed that Jesus is the Christ son of the living God. We believed that he was God incarnate that he came to earth as a man, that he suffered and died on a cruel Roman cross and while on that cross he took my sins away and he gave me freedom from sin. We believed that they took him down off that cross cuz he died. He dead. He was dead. We believed that they buried him in a tomb. And they put a great big stone in front of that tomb. But three days later, just as he said, the stone was rolled away. And he came out, resurrect us, giving us the hope of what? Eternal life. Eternal life. We believe that. That was our first work. That was our first work when the Holy Spirit said, watch this. Boom. And you went, wow. And you ran to somebody. I just found Jesus. I met Jesus. And you got to meet him too. And you told him all about him. You told them all about Jesus and you couldn't keep your mouth shut. And people were going to tell you, get away from me. You're bothering me. No, but you got to hear Jesus. I wonder if Andrew did that when he found Peter that day. They didn't show it on The Chosen, but you know, when Andrew found Peter, I wonder if he got him and said, Andrew, you got to see this guy. He's the Messiah. I wonder what Peter's ears did. Do your first works. Repent. Repent. And do the first works. But then Jesus gives this pretty rough admonishment. Or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place. Unless you repent, the lampstand usually is signified of the presence of God. You take it for what it's worth, and you read it. You study it. Folks, if if, if, you've, if your love for Christ has somehow waned into the mundane, and if you're kind of stuck in neutral, and you want to push that baby in the first gear again and get moving again, then I'm going to call you out and say, you need to come up here and repent, and we need to pray for you. You need to repent and do your first works. Repent and believe again. Believe again into a living hope. You need to recommit to Jesus Christ. You need to say, Lord, I need you. And I want you. And I want to do my first works. And I repent of the sin that has so easily ensnared me and taken me away from you and gotten away. And I need you more now than I needed you 40 years ago or whatever. Please come. Please. And he will. He will do exactly as you ask. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. We read that in John. Brothers and sisters, time is short. Time is short. And more and more false teachers are going to present themselves. Remember what Jesus said that many will come and go, oh, there's the Christ, and oh, no, there's the Christ, and oh, no, no, I'm the Christ. Many will come. But they're false, and they're looking to sway you from the true gospel. Don't be swayed. Rely on the Spirit in you. You're having some problems? You're having some difficulties? Get some prayer. Get some prayer. If you're sick, if you're having some struggling with sick, call for the elders of the church. We'll anoint you with oil, according to what James says. We'll, give you, we'll anoint you with oil. Do the things that you did first. Do the things that you did at first. Believe like you did at first. Brothers and sisters, don't. Don't leave today without having that assurance of eternal life that John has given us in his word. Remember, Jesus died for you on that cross, took away all the sins. Just because you might be sinning doesn't mean he's going to get back up on that cross again. He did it once and for all. Settle it today in your hearts. Settle it today. And let us pray for you. Let us pray for you that God would give you that energy back. God that would give you that anointing back of the spirit. You would be freshly filled. You are a sure. Hope.
0: This has been another edition of a Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank. Thanks for tuning in. Sometimes it's helpful to know what your boundaries are what the acceptable parameters are for living your life. In this book, John made it clear to those he was writing to the differences or contrast between light and dark, truth versus lies, and Christ versus the Antichrist. These are opposites of one another, because like all of life, there is a constant reminder of good and evil, of sin and righteousness, Throughout God's word, he provides clues and instructions of what things are good and right. He also gives warning of what's wrong and sinful. So John's writing is a reminder of the boundaries God's put in place for your benefit. This is not any kind of punishment or consequence. On the contrary, it's to give you more freedom and to allow you to live life to the fullest here on earth and beyond. Is your heart waging war between these things that John has written about? Are you wrestling between loving the world and loving God? If you'd like to talk to someone about the things that you've heard today, please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number, 609-884-5821. Keep looking to Scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to Assure Hope today. Feel free to listen to more messages like this on our website, AsureHoperadio.com. Be sure to join us again next time, here on Assure Hope.